House of Cards Season 3 Episode 5 is over, but we're just getting started here on House of Cards, the post-show recap. And now, here are the two guys who are waiting for the movie version of Scorpio. I'm Rob Sestrino. Here's Zach Brooks. Zach, how are you? Rob, I'm doing this podcast from the bathroom. Yes, yes. Uh, I hope you don't mind. Okay, feel free. Are you just doing your makeup? Uh, And other things. Okay, and other things. Wow, Uh, a lot going on here. House of Cards, season three, episode five, chapter thirty-one. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a great episode. It was really kind of fast paced, a lot going on. Uh, really kind of seeing how all of our stories are starting to come together. There so. was a lot going on, and yeah. the moral of the story is that America works, works. That's the tagline. Fireworks works also. Oh, lots of works in this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> America works, fireworks. And apparently peeing in front of somebody you're trying to intimidate works also. Yeah. I mean, uh, mirroring Frank Underwood at the beginning of the season, peeing on uh, his father's grave. It's been a very uriny season of House of Cards. You're in luck. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about everything here. Uh, take your emails as well on House of Cards, the post show recap. Of course, you can subscribe to our podcast, taking you all the way through season three of House of Cards at postshowrecaps.com slash H-O-C, iTunes. Okay, Uh, let's pick up the action here, Zach, and let's talk about uh, Frank's big plan here for America Works. And while there was a lot of resistance along the way, I mean, everything does kind of go according to plan for Frank. As in the beginning of the episode, he is basically finds a kindred spirit in the DC mayor. And then by the end of the episode, he has people lining up for miles and Freddie sighting Freddie sighting. I wanted some ribs as soon as it was over, but I had to hop on a podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, will Freddie be back in the story? I- I've, I've changed the lead. The lead story is now Freddie. Uh, I think it's just an Easter egg. I don't know. Do you think, do you think he's going to be a, a key player? An Easter egg, like the one Claire Underwood had at when she was picking it out. Yeah. I mean, again, eggs. Somebody's pregnant, I think. <laughs> no, but uh, Freddie's pregnant. No, that being said, um, I mean, was there any sort of symbolism there of Freddie is looking for a job that it's sort of like because of Frank Underwood that he was out of a job, but maybe without Frank Underwood, he would have been out of business a long time ago. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I like to think that Frank is the one who cost him that job because, you know, that that ended with all the scrutiny with his son and his son getting into trouble. I mean, it wasn't completely Frank's fault, but there is something nice and circular about him looking for a job. Thanks to Frank after he lost his job. Thanks to Frank. Okay. So it's very, this is good news. Frank is doing a good thing. I mean, it seems like it, you know, but it's, it's a flawed plan. I mean, how do you give every person in Washington DC a job? That's just going to bankrupt the government. You would think (laughs) you would think so, but what if everybody's working? Wouldn't that be good for the economy? Well, only in one city. D.C. is a great place to live, apparently. Yeah. I, uh, I'm glad I was here for this. I mean, is the unemployment level high in Washington, D.C.? Is it higher than in other places? I, I'm in my own little bubble, but I feel like it's actually lower here. I moved here because there were more jobs here than a lot of other places. There's during good the jobs around. Yeah. Much better than uh, where I'm originally from in Michigan. Yeah. And so, yeah, well, Michigan's tough. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one extreme to the other. <laughs> That's right. And so in Washington, D.C. now, anybody who wants a job is going to get one. You get a job and you get a job and you get a job. Yeah. And in real life, Washington, D.C., uh, 
uh, marijuana was just legalized. So again, we kind of have two very different policies, one on House of Cards and one in real life. Yeah, I almost feel like this is being set up here. The America Works plan, uh, similar to uh, back in season three of The Wire, where uh, this is I feel like Hamsterdam uh, to me uh, and not to I'm not going to spoil anything about uh, in The Wire, but in season three of The Wire, uh, you know, there's somebody on the police force that has a plan to sort of like legalize drug use in one area. And it's sort of like a social experiment. And I, that's why I kind of feel like this is. Yeah, I'm curious what everybody's going to be doing. I mean, I realize that they're making jobs, but there's so many people. What what exactly are all these jobs going to be? Well, I think they said that they were going to be opening up some like, uh, was it like military hiring uh, that was going to be going on? But then they were also going to be like giving out like a $45,000 bonus to private sector companies that created jobs. So yeah. like if, Basically, like I can have an employee for free um, if I, you know, register to hire a person who's registered with America Works. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what all that work is going to be. Maybe all the construction around my house will finally get finished, though. That'd be great. Yeah. Infrastructure. I think they said it was part of the job. Like, yeah, I just don't know. Like if you just start hiring people like willy nilly for infrastructure jobs, like do you have like people like, you know, building bridges that just uh, like I hired yesterday. Yeah. And like that aren't, yeah, that aren't qualified for the jobs. That's yeah. A, that, is it like sort of like point. on the job training of like, uh, like, okay, well you're an America works person. All right, Freddie, pick up a, you know, a, a jackhammer. Let's go. And you know, are we going to start seeing people who aren't America works people losing their jobs <laughs> because America works people are taking their work? Oh yeah. Cause I get $45,000, but then if the America works person that got fired, they just need, then they would just go to America works. Or the non-America Works person that got fired. Yeah, they would just go to America Works and then boom. But if I have somebody that I guess I get, I pay $50,000 a year, then I'll fire them and then hire a America Works person for $45,000 a year. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it seems like a pretty fragile plan to me. So you think that America Works ultimately will work in the short term, but will not work long term? I would think, you know, just from a storyline's sake, I think that it's going to fail. Uh, we got to have some tension that this creates. Yeah. Well, do you think, I mean, it's July now. Do you think come August, come September, we are going to see a Katrina-like hurricane coming uh, or some other natural disaster, which is going to really um, be Chekhov's natural disaster after Frank has taken all the FEMA money to give people jobs? Yeah, Chekhov's La Nina, they said. Yes. So. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I didn't actually put together the timing that it's, it is hurricane season when this, when this episode is going on, but, uh, yeah, we might be looking at a disaster in the next episode. Oh my God. That would be wild. That would be a really, really, I don't know. I don't want to say fun episode. It'd be an exciting episode for sure. It would be exciting. I mean, I feel like that's not really house of cards that we're going to do like a big, like special effects episode where, you know, we have like a hurricane come and like a sit like disaster movie type sequence that's happening <laughs> like i guess they could just like cut to like cnn and stuff like that but i feel like frank underwood would have to go towards tour the damaged area and stuff like that so i feel like we're probably not gonna get that right i don't know we might get the aftermath I, I could see we've seen a lot from the media perspective so you know you see maybe anderson cooper or or somebody in CNN, and we see that from that perspective. Yeah, it's almost like they've laid so much of the groundwork that it would be sort of a missed opportunity if we didn't have a natural disaster strike after Frank spent all the FEMA money on America Works. Yeah, and it could be in two episodes. In two episodes, we're probably in September. Uh, yeah. That's still hurricane season. Yeah, 
And basically, Frank Underwood and the Underwood administration just has a new move where they're just going to go behind everybody's back and do what they want anyway and just jam stuff down your throat. Yeah. I mean, I think, and this kind of leads to an overall theme that I saw throughout the episode, which was really Frank as a dictator. Yes. Yes. I think that's fair. He's doing whatever he wants. He's signing executive orders. He's issuing propaganda. You know, he wants propaganda to come out. And most of all was that last scene when he's giving the speech and you don't see Frank giving the speech at all. You just see everybody kind of looking up and you hear it. It was very like 1984. Oh, so it was a huge tone for that. And and then he ends it with God bless America. It was just, it was, I mean, that was definitely what they're going for on that. I think, well, there was a scene with Petrov where he was talking about how like, uh, you know, I envy you, you know, when in your country, you know, you know, who's going to win the elections and you know this, and that's not how we do it in America. Um, but like, seems like Frank is really moving towards a system that is much more like the Russian one he described. Yeah. I, I don't know how, I don't think this could actually ever happen. There's too many checks and balances in the government that, uh, this probably couldn't, couldn't actually happen, but it's fun to watch on TV. I mean, the ratings on Fox news in the house of cards universe would just be like just 30 million people watching Fox news at any given time of just like Democratic president has gone loco. He's doing he's shoving all these things down our throat. He's like took all the money from FEMA and now he's making up this whole new plan uh, and doing all this stuff between the Russia stuff. And I mean, it would just be insane. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised we're not seeing like a Drudge Report or some sort of right wing publication really going after Frank. Yeah. It's, yeah. It seems like all the media we see is just kind of pretty bipartisan. Yeah, the media is pretty bipartisan. You're right that I don't know if like guys like, you know, if Bill O'Reilly or Sean Hannity, like don't want to be in the house of cards or anything like that, but they should just like be showing those guys on TV just like going nuts. Or Yeah, or even I mean, they could do somebody who's just playing that character. I mean, it wouldn't be too hard to uh, kind of do a caricature of Bill O'Reilly and you'd know that's what they're going for. Yeah. Wasn't that when they had Stephen Colbert, though? Yeah, but that's I mean, that's like humor i would like to see stephen colbert on again but i guess at this point in the house of cards universe he's retired yes uh do you want to see stephen colbert in a future episode as the host of uh late night and that or i'm sorry the late show right well what, what is it what is dave letterman yeah, host yeah it's uh the late show late show and then uh but he would be playing himself and not the character from colbert rapport and frank underwood could go on there then uh, not particularly. I'm not, <laughs> no? I'm not that excited. I'm not that excited for the Colbert era. That would be like good bookends if they did that in the season finale when Colbert is already taken over for Letterman. Yeah, but Colbert is not going to, he's not going to, you know, show his cards and tip his hand of what he's going to be like on the late show on House of Cards. Maybe next season I could see that. Okay. Okay. We'll After see. After it takes over. Maybe we'll see him on Jimmy Fallon or, or Jimmy Kimmel or one of the other comp- uh, competitors. All right. Well, we'll talk about Meredith Vieira later on in this episode uh, when she had Dunbar <laughs> on as a guest. Um, so yeah, so Frank Underwood, like he's really just doing the thing. This is his go-to plan now where it's like, okay, you say no to me. I'm just going to figure out some loophole and go around your back and then do, do what I want anyway. I mean, this is basically what they were trying at the UN. Um, and ultimately that backfired, but he does, he is able to make it work here with Congress. Yeah. Um, and we see that he's firing, uh, pe- members of his cabinet who don't agree with him. I mean, he's in full on dictator mode. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you tied the propaganda back into the dictatorship. Uh, what's going on with the author? So the author wrote a video game review uh, of, did you catch the name of the video game? No. 
It's called Monument Valley. Yes. Uh, interesting because the Middle East property that we're focused so much about is the Jordan Valley. So there's got to be a tie there between mm. the names. And and uh, Seth isn't familiar. He sold his Xbox on eBay, though. He doesn't yes. know that video game. Yes. I like the one friends like, it's not a console game. I, I love that. <laughs> it's like, that was such a, I don't know. It's like something you'd see on like King of the Nerds or something, the way he responded <laughs> to that. Yeah. Well, Frank Underwood, he does love video games, but he hasn't played them in a while. Yeah. That, I, I had actually kind of forgotten about that until I saw him playing the iPad game. And I was like, wait, whatever happened to, you know, Call of Duty or his Xbox? Yeah. Well, he's read this review about the iPad game and then he had to play it. But what is it? This guy's like a novelist and a video game reviewer. Yeah. He's a he's a man <laughs> of many fields. Yeah. What is Scorpio about? I don't know. But uh, Leslie loved Scorpio. She loved it. Yeah, she actually read it on her Kindle, but she bought the book so she could bring it to the signing. Yeah. It's a smart move. So anyway, so this guy's going to write a novel that's going to be sort of like the Frank Underwood, like young Frank Underwood story. I mean, it's going to be the story of a young man who, through America Works, just discovers the American dream and, and lives the life. Wow. This could be the next Twilight. Or the next Fifty Shades of Grey. Whoa. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Frank. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, how the novel is going to sell. Like, I thought that where Frank was going with this was like after Monument Valley. I thought he was going to make like an app that was going to be like, oh, this is the America Works video game. This is going to be more addictive than, uh, you know, Angry Birds or or whatever Candy Crush. More addictive than Freddy's Ribs. Yeah. And I thought he was going to do that. I didn't know he was like looking up a video game review that somebody wrote. Like, oh, this guy's a good writer. Yeah, I that was kind of strange. And then when he when he was in his office, I thought, okay, we've been talking a lot about Frank wanting to leave a legacy. This is going to be the guy who writes Frank's memoirs. Yeah. No, no. He's going to write some propaganda. Timing for this is interesting. The book will be ready in January. Yes. Okay. So is that when you think the end of the season will be? I mean, I feel like we've kind of talked through it and, and it seems like January is, is going to be towards the end of the season. It's also going to be the Iowa um, primary, the Ooh, Iowa caucus. That's right. But you missed the Christmas rush. You want to release the book probably like the end of November. Yeah. Well, all the people who have, you know, their new Kindles that they got for Christmas, they can buy the book. <laughs> I guess so. Um, let's talk about the other thing that Frank is trying to jam down people's throats. And so he's going to uh, basically sign this executive order to send troops into the Jordan Valley. Yeah. And Russia doesn't like it. No, because it's very close to the southern border of Russia. Yeah, well, I like how they did this in that in this episode where we had a scene where we got a lot of exposition about like we were saying in the episode with Russia, we're like, do you even understand what the problem is here? I'm like, no, I have no idea what's going on. Um, and they had this guy that was I don't know if they showed that guy's name, but it His was name's a, Joe. Joe. I didn't catch your last name, though. Uh, but it was somebody that Doug had recommended to Dunbar. And he really very succinctly and it was really a cool scene. And he just sort of set up how everything is like laid out and how Frank has like a very dangerous plan. Yeah, that, that was a really good way to tell that story. Uh, the product placement, though, was awful. What was the product placement? So he's holding a Samsung tablet and then he's and he tries to show him on the tablet. and He's like, oh, you won't be able to see on this. Let me put it on the big screen. And then he just swipes the picture onto his Samsung TV which is a feature that they have on like newer Samsung phones and tablets. And it's like, oh, oh look at this cool feature. I was uh, like, oh, that must be because they're in the future. <laughs> I have a Samsung phone and uh, it has awful battery life, so I kind of hate it. And so when I was seeing Samsung out there showing off the feature, I was like, oh, you just had God, like blind Samsung. rage, yeah. like ah, yeah. Samsung typing really hard into my notes. I was like, God, Samsung blatant <laughs> product placement. Yeah. 
Um, so as far as the Russia storyline goes, um, you know, things look like they're going okay for a little while, but then like sort of like the plan just totally fell apart where Russia wants out, Palestine wants out. And it turned out that nobody really wanted to be in on this anymore because now the Russians are going to potentially be selling arms to Iran. And then uh, Claire had to call out the Russian ambassador and he had some not so nice words to say. Yeah, uh, he did tell her that he liked her dress, though. He did. That's true. That was kind of he said. First, he says, you have no business being ambassador more than I do being first lady. He said that. That's true. Probably true. Uh, and then he said, you have a very nice dress on today. Yeah. No, he was a real jerk. Yeah. I mean, he he's clearly still hung up about this whole dress thing. And he's still talking about whether the dress is white and gold or blue and black. Still, I mean, it's July. I know it, this thing has a long tail life. You'll find out this summer. It'd be crazy. Oh my God. Well, maybe, you know, they don't get things, uh, you know, as you know, when we get them originally, uh, in places like Russia. So they probably just got the white and gold or the blue and black dress or just a red dress in Russia. Is that what it is? I don't know. I feel like Russia red is a very Russian color. Well, it's a communist color. Yeah. Yeah. So the, <laughs> Is there any debate in Russia or Petrov just says what it is? The dress is white and gold. End of yeah. discussion. Yeah. In in Soviet Russia, dress color you? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so things were not looking so great with Claire, but then uh, she has this moment where um, they call the Russian ambassador into the ladies room. Yeah. Well, and before then we get Frank and Claire uh, for the first time this season, sharing a cigarette together. Yeah. In the in the Oval Office. Um, and it was a it's a really formal scene. It's really weird whenever Frank has that formal he's lying to you voice to Claire. Why? What did you think he was lying about? I don't I couldn't figure out what he was lying about or if he was lying at all. But just the way he talked to her was not the way he you would talk to your wife or the way he normally talks to her. I thought he was being sincere with her. I, I thought that um, it wasn't I didn't think he was like lying about anything in particular to her. Yeah, he just he was so stiff and formal with her. He's I don't know. Oh, it, it just, I'm so happy to see you. How many days has it been? Yeah, it, it was it's been like three days. Like, yeah, Frank, it's been four. Like, oh, and we get confirmation they're not sleeping in the same room. It's kind of been hinted all season, and we get it confirmed. Yeah, what's her deal? Why doesn't she want to sleep in in the same room? Here's my theory: that she so badly wants her own thing that it's almost like she said, "I need to divorce myself." from the idea of being the first lady to being my own ambassador, yada, 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 whatever. And so by, by being Frank under Frank Underwood's wife, by being the first lady, I'm getting further away from what I actually want to do. Yeah. So she's just kind of like renting out a room in the white house while she's right. The ambassador to UN. Yes. And so she's like, doesn't want to be, you know, Frank Underwood's wife. She wants to be the UN person and, you know, just happen to, you know, for appearances, she's married to the president, but she doesn't want to be a wife. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense because we really don't see her in a first lady role at all this season. No, other than the stuff with the eggs. Yeah. I mean, like the the appearances, you know, they're, they're riding in the limo together. But even then they're dealing with her problem. Yeah. They're dealing with the Russia problem in the limo. But let's cut to the chase here. Let's talk about this scene uh, with her in the ladies room with the Russian ambassador. Now, I thought she was going to like do something like come out and say like, oh, my God, you know, he tried to assault me, uh, you know, arrest this man. Like, I thought she was going to do something like that. 
I was expecting her to like seduce him, especially after the, you have a nice dress comment. I mean, that, that didn't go anywhere, but um, I thought there was going to be something shady going on. Like, why do you meet somebody in the women's bathroom? Yeah. I thought it was like, okay, well now he just walked into this where she's going to be able to, it's her word against his, and she's going to be able to say whatever about him. Um, but no, she just basically like, was like basically like laid all her cards on the table. And I mean, was there anything strategic to uh, her? You know, not only she gets him in the ladies room, she's putting her makeup on. But then when she goes into the stall and then uh, goes to the bathroom in front of that guy, um, was that just like her way of just totally like humiliating him? I think it was also that she was really trying to soften him up. I mean, when they're first talking, it's really friendly. And she's, you know, asking, how do my eyes look? How's the makeup look? Uh, and then she goes to the bathroom. She closes or she goes to the toilet. She closes the door and then she kind of drops the bomb on him. Whoa. I thought it was number one. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't listening too hard to to tell if it was. Uh, she was pretty quick in there, though. Yeah. So. But uh, yeah, she drops the figurative bomb on him then. OK, <laughs> <laughs> she drops the troops on him. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yes, she basically lets him know about the executive order. And uh, then at the at the end of all that, she says, uh, and yeah, we're going to need Michael Corrigan uh, released also. Yeah. Um, and she she really kind of put him in a place where he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have any any moves. He's kind of in a spot like, you know, I guess he, he's out of place. He's, he's a man in the women's bathroom. Maybe there's some significance there. I don't know. And she's like, can you hand me a towel? Also, he's now he's like the bathroom valet. Yeah. And he hands her the towel and doesn't even get a tip. Yeah. He should at least get a dollar. Yeah. Oh, I hate bathroom fellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this was a great scene. I mean, this is really, really fun and interesting. I, I can't recall seeing anything like this ever before. Yeah, that was really fun. Claire Underwood. It was her, you know, she's such a good character when she's kind of manipulated to get her control and uh, better than what we've seen from her in the past. Yeah. Now, where's Kathy been? I was thinking that, too. We haven't seen Catherine Duran at all in the last couple episodes. Yeah, I thought that you would have at least seen Kathy here during all of this stuff with, uh, you know, between Israel and the Palestinians. Yeah, and um, we didn't see her in the meeting with the cabinet either. And yeah. I mean, maybe she was in there. I just didn't notice her in that room. I don't know. Um, so after all of this happens with uh, Claire and with the Russian ambassador and basically like telling Russia that, you know, we're, this is what we're doing anyway, executive order, and we're going to need Michael Corrigan. Um, Frank... Looks like he is going to be going to Russia. Yeah. Party. Will we have an episode of House of Cards this season set in Russia? I don't think so. I, I feel like they, they didn't film anything in Russia. I don't think the budget is, is big enough for a Russian episode, but maybe. I know, but sometimes TV shows have a ways of cheating, stuff like that, where I think like they had a whole season of, of Sons of Anarchy, where I don't really think they went to Ireland, but they said they were there. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be fun to see. I think that we're going to have already jumped past that by the next episode. Yeah. Okay. So you think that uh, we will already be back from Russia? Yeah, because I think that's happening quick. Um, and I think there's a couple of things. You know, we'll talk about some other stuff that's, I think, going to happen between the two episodes. Okay. Unless we don't jump as far in the future in the next episode. I think that we will see when they go to Russia. Yeah. I think they will. I mean, that would be, that would be, uh, it would be really interesting to see that, to see Frank in a foreign in a foreign country and and in the poster for House of Cards this season it's it's very you know they show Air Force 1 very prominently in the poster and we haven't really seen anything with Air Force 1 this season 
What was Claire and Kathy on when they were talking? Was that Air Force One or was the first lady have her own plane? Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was Air Force One or a different one. Okay. Um, one of our fact checkers can let us know about that. All right. Dunbar 2016 is off to the races. Yeah, we're, we're going to Iowa. Boy, she's got a pretty big organization going. Yeah, I think she has a lot of support behind her. And she's, um, I don't remember where they said her money came from, but she comes from a big family fortune. Yeah. Yeah, she has a, a wealthy family, but it seems like she has no problem. It was almost like shades of like Obama in 2008. She just has like a lot of people on the ground. People are loving Dunbar. Yeah, and she's taking selfies with people and uh, she's talking, shaking hands, kissing babies. It's great. Yeah, and she's got what John Corrigan. Uh, I don't think his last name was Corrigan. Oh. If, I, I couldn't see Jonathan, right? Yeah, it's Jonathan. I couldn't see when they showed his name because for some reason on my Roku, whenever there's any text on the screen, Spanish captions come up and cover them up. <laughs> I can't figure out how to turn that off. So it, it makes it a little challenging. Not a ringing endorsement of the Roku. Uh, usually I'm all thumbs up for the Roku, but for some reason this, I can't figure out how to turn it off. <laughs> if anybody knows, please tweet me and let me know. All right. So this guy, Jonathan, he's Michael Corrigan's husband, correct? Uh, yeah. Okay. And so that he's making the campaign rounds uh, with Dunbar and they're appearing together on the, on the Meredith of the air show. Yeah. Doing the media, the kind of a strange media to do, but now, I don't feel like you see candidates really going on that show very often. <laughs> yeah. That does seem like an odd uh, political stop to make. You know, is Meredith the air talk show still on the air? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't watched it ever. She used to host Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, though, right? She did. She did. Okay. I, it appears to still be on the air. Like, there was a lot of different, like, talk shows like that, that, uh, you know, they come and go very quickly. Uh, I'm not going to name names. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Meredith Vieira's show looks like it is uh, still on the air. But you're right. That does seem like a very odd uh, week on the uh, Meredith Vieira show. I mean, maybe she's just trying to appeal to the, the stay-at-home moms or the, the, you know, the audience of that the people who are really going to give her the ring and endorsement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it does seem like the Dunbar strategy is she's, uh, appealing to these women. Yeah. And men and uh, Clyde Reynolds too. Yes. Yes. Uh, but I, what I mean specifically is that it just seemed like she's like really uh, appealing to the, uh, the female demographic. And again, she's on the Meredith Vieira show. Um, I mean, she looks very nice. Uh, you know, she's on daytime TV in the middle of the day and She's appealing to uh, enough of these female voters that it's like, hey, we got to get the uh, Jackie Sharp thing happening sooner than later. Oh, yeah. So you think that's why they're pushing forward with the Jackie Sharp? Oh, yeah. Uh, I plan? think that's what he said. Also, is that they want Jackie Sharp out there, like stealing away some of these uh, women voters. But the plan with Jackie Sharp is that she's going to eventually drop out so Frank can run, right? Well, I think that eventually what's going to happen is that she's going to be sort of like superseded by Frank when America works is so great that the Democratic Party is going to say, uh, I think we should have Frank run. But boy, Jackie Sharp uh, was running a good campaign. She should be the VP and we'll push out Donald Blythe. Yeah. And she's she's aware of this as well. Yeah. She's on board with that. She's yeah. I mean, her campaign is going to be a sham. I'm surprised that she would agree to this. Hey, she that, that's she wants to be the vice president. She wasn't even in the mix. Uh, you know, she doesn't have any money and you know, basically she's got to play ball if she wants to get on that ticket. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's all right with it. She's about to make a lot of big life changes for that. Yeah. Um, well, okay. Let's stick with Jackie. And then I want to talk about Doug. Um, 
so Jackie sort of uh, gets a little bit pressured by Remy, like, uh, you know, because she doesn't have a family. Obviously, Dunbar has is like, you know, appealing to families and people that are married and have kids. Of course, uh, Jackie does not have kids. Uh, she is not married uh, currently, um, but she does have a boyfriend. And Remy sort of talks about this with her. And I think Remy is is conscious of the fact that she needs a family. But then I think he's sort of like bummed out that she's able to, you know, shack up with Alan so quick. Yeah. Dr. Alan Cook. Yeah. And he's now, got he's got two kids from a previous marriage, I think. Maybe three kids. Yeah. Jackie said, I figured out a way to have kids without the stretch marks. Yeah. Loophole. Yeah. A mixed family. Yeah. Yeah. And so Jackie seems kind of pumped up. Uh, the sex scene with Jackie and Alan. That was pretty hot and heavy, huh? Whoa. <laughs> They're cooking something up in the bedroom. Yeah. And they went right to pizza after that. Is that the move? I mean, Is that the move, Zach? They're probably hungry. Yeah. Um, you know, they worked up an appetite. They, they, they definitely did. And yeah, she went right from, you know, uh, talking about uh, or, or the act into, uh, hey, why don't we get married? It's probably the best time to talk about it, right? <laughs> He's probably had a pretty agreeable mood at that point. Yeah, ideally, I mean, the right move, I think, is you want to talk about that right before. Oh, so you're like holding out. Uh, yeah, I think that you have more of a captive audience there. <laughs> um, yeah. and then uh, this is basically uh, she like loses a lot of her leverage in the uh, post coital decision to talk yeah but he seemed like he was going to be into it either way yeah, did he, he have the a ring, ring in the car yeah, it was in his glove box Boy, that was an expensive ring to like, hope the car didn't get stolen yeah it's, that's not the safest spot for it but I guess you know he's got to hide it somewhere if he hides it in his sock drawer she's going to find it yeah that's not ideal I don't think Jackie Sharp is going through his sock drawer yeah maybe not Probably not. Does Jackie still have all those tattoos? <sighs> yeah, they kind of dropped that, um, that Jackie was going to get tattoos last season. Yeah, because, I mean, she was doing it to punish herself, but I, I can't remember where she was getting the tattoos, but you would think, I mean, I guess he must have seen them if she still has them. Yeah. I want to know from you, Zach, will Jackie Sharp and Remy hook up this season? Yes. Yes. Any doubt? Oh, no, I think, I mean, they're, they're hinting at it. Uh, she's going to be a married woman when it happens. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and they're going to get caught. It's going to be a scandal. Scandal? You think it's going to be a, you think that this is going to be a big problem for Underwood, that uh, his VP is going to be caught cheating on the campaign trail? With his chief of staff. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm on board. I think that Jackie and Remy are going to hook up. Uh, give me an episode. We're up through five episodes. Uh, will this happen before episode eight? No, I think it's closer to the end of the season. Okay. So you say between uh, 10 and 13? Yeah, I could see it maybe like the episode before the finale. Yeah, I I think mm, I think it probably happens before then. But um, yeah, give me well, I, I'll give me before episode 12. So what do you think happens first? Rachel shows up or Jackie and Remy uh, hook up boy the rachel thing has really I, I mean is anybody looking for rachel anymore i mean if Gavin, doug, well but why well he still wants to be able to leave the fbi yeah but does doug still want the rachel info yeah or I, does he just want to go visit her like what what like i mean let's talk about doug because doug is seemingly all in on working for dunbar i mean we saw that that doug has the claire underwood uh abortion journal yeah that i mean you know, last last episode, I, should, we were I, saying, I shouldn't probably call it an abortion journal. It's a journal in which she chronicled uh, or the which uh, which the doctor chronicled that he performed an abortion. So, I, I mean, what 
I mean, is that fair to call it an abortion journal since it was written by the abortion doctor? Yeah, I mean, he that was he kept the really really thorough notes. So, I mean, that's just it's just a medical journal. Yes, a medical journal. He maybe mm-hmm. he wrote about other things also. Yeah. Yes. Um. So, boy, Doug. All right. Do we like Doug anymore? Yeah, I like Doug. You I still like Doug? Why? I don't know. I just think he's 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 up to something. We know he's up to something. And and you know, yesterday when we were talking, we were saying, you know, oh, Doug is just trying to get his his ace in the hole to get back his job with Frank. I don't know anymore. I wonder if he actually does want to work for Dunbar. I don't know. Um, and Dunbar, who is like the incorruptible, uh, very quickly like has sort of like sold out her principles to take Doug on. Yeah, but she's still not sure about the, you know, with the journal. She said she didn't want to. Well, I guess she did. She did hire him. So maybe she'll use that journal. Yeah, I don't know if she's going to use the journal, but I mean, her whole thing is that she wants to, you know, clean up the White House and she wants to, you know, bring uh, full disclosure to everything. And now all of a sudden she's like willing to, you know, hire Doug to do the things that, you know, her chief of staff doesn't want to do. Yeah. Do you think Rachel comes into play on this end? I mean, maybe Doug finds Rachel and then. Uh, uses Rachel to expose some information about Frank towards the end of the season. What if Rachel has gone off to Utah to go and hide out and then she finds her on like the campaign trail, like working in the Dunbar campaign? Oh, man. She, I mean, she probably would be would be going against Frank at this point. <laughs> yeah, you would think so. Oh, He's wow. Like, Frank Underwood's a bad guy. Trust me. We need Dunbar. Just a chance meeting, a chance encounter between two lost souls. Maybe. No, I don't think that that would happen. I think that's way too much of a coincidence, but... I mean, is like Gavin going to find Rachel and then uh, Doug is like, oh, oh, I don't care about that anymore. I'm working for Dunbar now. Yeah, I don't know. He's like, Gavin, I've been avoiding your calls. I have Either no interest that, in talking to you. Or he's going to find Rachel and it's going to be like, hey, OK, I, like I forgive you for when you hit me in the, on the head. But can you go public and talk about how Frank Underwood, uh, what, what he did to Corey Stahl? I mean, this might all just still be a, a long con. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. This has got to this has got to all kind of twist around some way. And we haven't really seen Frank worried about Doug at all uh, in this episode like he was in the last couple. Yeah, it does seem odd to me that between uh, Frank or Seth, nobody says, uh, have you heard from Doug? Has, has anybody checked in on Doug lately? He's not returning my calls. Yeah, like, they were very concerned about Doug early on. They have a lot going on, though. They have Russia. They have America Works. They have all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, Doug has just like left and gone to Iowa. Maybe they're like, all right, he finally, you know, you have that friend who's always calling you to hang out and you just avoid their call, avoid their call. And then eventually they just stop calling and it's like, all right, good. They got the hint. Yes. Maybe, maybe he's just like, Doug got the hint. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's also uh, talk about the uh, reporters. Uh, let's talk about what's going on in the press corps because uh, Kate Baldwin's here. Yeah. Uh, Seth kicked out a pit bull and let in a dragon. Where? the dragons in the press corps <laughs> <laughs> where are my dragons yes they were they were in europe and now they're back yeah i thought there were three dragons yes well this is the worst of the dragons oh man uh this then she the wrote double articles about uh, the underwood <laughs> administration yeah two headlines on our first day two front page headlines boom isla's like ah it's a gold was a gold mine why did they kick me out do you think we've seen the last of isla mm, no it was just kind of weird like i mean i I don't know. It, it was weird to just have her removed like that, replaced with Kate Baldwin. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how that'll come back around. Well, now they can't get rid of her. Do you think Kate Baldwin's brothers are going to come and uh, start some trouble for Frank? <laughs> yeah. Stephen Baldwin will come and raise hell. 
and Alec Baldwin. He doesn't like reporters very much. So yeah, yeah, he'll be well. He'll uh, be very mean to the press secretary. Yeah. <laughs> Although Alec Baldwin is uh, a liberal, so maybe he'd be kind to the Underwood administration. I don't know. Everything I've seen between Alec Baldwin and reporters, he's pushing them on the ground. He's punching them. So I was getting into trouble. Yeah. So how big of a thorn in the Underwood side will Kate Baldwin be? I mean, it seemed like a thorn until they just kind of figured out this uh, this propaganda plot. Yeah. So, but Seth said he's going to get her under control. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't know how you get a dragon under control. Yeah. I liked when Seth really got in trouble in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> he got scolded. Yeah. He really uh, got yelled at. And so uh, we'll see what's going to happen uh, with that. A uh, couple of other things uh, from the episode. I really loved when Frank had the leadership from the Democrats and the Republicans uh, in his office with Birch and Mendoza and basically like told them how like, uh, look, this is how it's going to be. And we're going to do do this uh, my way. And, you know, you can go ahead and try to impeach me. But you really gonna put Donald Blythe into office. Yeah, we we uh, we saw how this Donald Blythe plan is coming together. You know, he, he got somebody who's so inept they wouldn't impeach him. Yeah. That was a good plan. And, and tying into what you said yesterday, Frank said yeah, he's cultivating bipartisanship, got them in the same room, just like what you were talking about uh, with Israel and Palestine, how Frank <laughs> got them to to come together about yeah, something. Frank Underwood is a uniter. He ah. gets people who have disagreements on the same page. He is a uh, he's cultivates bipartisanship. Yeah. So where do you think this is all going in the next chapter? I mean, I don't know. I, I think we're definitely going to see some problems with FEMA and not having any money for a disaster, whether that's the next chapter or if that's the chapter after. Um, and, and we're going to see We're going to see Russia. We're going to see this moves on Russia. Yeah. And then uh, we'll see what ultimately ends up happening with America works. How much will it work before it inevitably collapses? And, and uh, I think Jackie Sharp will have already announced her candidacy as well. Wow. Okay. Cause they said that was going to be a, the week after next. So that will have happened and we're going to have, we're already going to have a race. Man, it's going to be the dog days of summer when we come back on chapter 32. And it gets hot and humid in D.C. Okay. in the summer, too. So, All right. I hope there's not going to be another blackout like last year. Well, Tusk seems like he's under control at this point. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's take some questions here for chapter 31. Of course, we want to hear your emails at House of Cards at Post Show Recaps. And uh, let's start with Johnny DeSlavera. Johnny DeSlavera wants to know, uh, I still think that Remy has feelings for Jackie. The more they're together, the more I see it. Um, does Remy clearly have feelings for Jackie? I think that's obvious. Does Jackie have feelings for Remy? I don't know. I think she likes to string him along. And it's a really interesting situation because Remy, while he has personal feelings for Jackie, through his professional work, he's pushing Jackie to get married to Dr. Alan Cook so that she can run for office. Uh, And then when she says that she's going to go watch the fireworks with Dr. Cook and his sons, uh, you can see Remy looks disappointed because he... I don't know what he wanted to do with her. If he wanted to want to hang out or, or, you know, cook something up together. I'm not sure what they wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, cook up some ribs. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Cook. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, what else came in on the email inbox? Uh, so we got one question from Ashley King. Uh, and this is she has just a general question about season three. Uh, she said she noticed Frank isn't wearing his American flag pin that presidents wear, especially at press conferences. Why do you think that is? Hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, do you have any theories on this? Yeah, because he's a dictator. <laughs> is that why? But I think he's, he's not a, a dictator president. of America. Yeah. Well, in, in you know, 
if I can get all on my black and white uh, theme soapbox if you want and talk about how there's a uh, red, white and blue in the flag and not black and white. Hmm. Yeah. I think that maybe, you know, Frank Underwood is just over it. He doesn't want to do what everybody else wants him to do. Yeah. I, I actually had not noticed that. That's a pretty insightful detail. Very insightful. Very insightful. Yeah. But that's why people uh, write to this podcast. That's why we want your questions. Yeah. All right. So go ahead. Send them in at House of Cards at Poster Recaps. Of course, you can subscribe uh, when we come back here for episode 32 in our next installment at PosterRecaps.com slash HOC iTunes. Uh, Zach, do you have a hashtag for chapter 31? Uh, cooking something up. Uh, dragon Reporter. Uh, <laughs> dragon Reporter. Something, uh, with, something with the red dress, maybe. The red dress? Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's, that's played out hashtag. Engagement Pizza. Engagement Pizza? Okay. Uh, I was going to say uh, America Fireworks. America Fire. That's good. Okay. Or Fire America Works. Fire. No, don't fire anybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you, do you think there's a there's a tie in there with being fired and fireworks? Um, yeah, we'll have to ask Donald Trump. If, is he yeah. going to run for president, too, on this House of Cards? Oh, man. Maybe he'll be he'll maybe he'll be criticizing America Works. Oh, that, that would, would be, be great. Tie. That would be great. Yeah. One thing that I did love seeing in this episode was uh, just they had when they showed the tent where everybody's signing up for America Works, they had a bunch of FEMA Corps uh, volunteers that were working the tent. And my brother actually served in FEMA Corps last year. Uh, it's a division of AmeriCorps. So it was really cool to see them actually getting on uh, on TV, getting yeah. some publicity. OK, um, well, good to see. Uh, let's go with engagement pizza. All right, engagement pizza it is. Okay, follow Zach Brooks on Twitter. He's at Brooks Z A I M at Rob Sistrino. We'll be back with chapter 32 coming up next on your House of Cards post show recap. <laughs> <laughs> 